What up, AOTA family? Welcome to Passing Period and All the Above Podcast Extra. As y'all know, we drop these in between our full episodes. Our full episodes are video format, chock full of a lot of dopeness. Our most recent full episode featuring Mimi Eisen of the Zen Education Project. If you are tuning in to Passing Period for the very first time because you just discovered us through that episode, welcome. Um, that was a super dope episode. If you missed it, go back to it. But um, welcome anybody who is new to all of the above. My name is Manuel Russin, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher. And during these passing periods, Jeff and myself, we just um, talk about stories that maybe didn't make it into our full episode because since there's no video format here or guest, it's a lot easier to chop this up and edit it and get it out there. So, you know. Quick little, quick little passing period conversation like we do on campuses and such. Jeff, how are you? It is the last weekend of October. What's good? Yeah, man. I am, I have to admit, I'm a little bit tired. It's been a, it's been a busy and full season uh, at work, I will say. Uh, but, you know, I'm doing okay, strength of spirit wise, uh, and it's Halloween weekend all across the, uh, the country. I, as a, uh, as a new homeowner, am preparing to hand out candy for the first time. And uh, I have to say, Manuel, I've been totally disengaged from the enterprise of trick-or-treating for like 20 years. Yeah. So I don't know what the rules are, man. I don't know what's like, uh, <laughs> you know, what's cool, what's not cool. I feel very blind entering uh, this this um, this aspect of American culture. So uh, I got some candy. I got a bowl. Uh, I, I already made <laughs> some jack-o'-lanterns, but here in California, it's warm, so they got moldy. So uh, make some new jack-o'-lanterns okay. <laughs> on Sunday <laughs> to be fresh from Monday evening. And uh, I don't know. I'm going to do my best, man. Hopefully, I got stuff the kids like, and hopefully they come. I don't know what the, like, you know, what the ratio yeah. of trick-or-treating age children is in my new neighborhood. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. I definitely want to hear about it. Um, you know, by the time we have another passing period it'll be you know what two weeks after halloween but we definitely have to uh get the updates for the listeners about how your first halloween went as a homeowner because yeah it definitely varies a lot i think by neighborhood and certainly uh I, yeah uh not not a whole lot of trick-or-treaters where i live at least not in recent years and it being on a monday night i don't know if that's going to impact anything so yeah mm -hmm. i'm definitely i'm excited for you and as i mentioned last time we um we talked about this i i am more than willing to take any leftover candy that you might have in the event that perhaps <laughs> if there's fewer trick-or-treaters than uh than you anticipate and also uh i just want to point out that i saw a uh, it was a viral video so i'm sure a lot of people saw it um but some woman who was cutting up a a, a pumpkin to make a jack-o-lantern and showing like the proper way to do it and it was mind-blowing it was mind-blowing and if you haven't searched uh twitter or tiktok for uh videos about best practices for creating your jack-o-lanterns uh, i suggest you do that jeff because um I learned a lot from that video, such as like not cutting the top, but the bottom and, and using uh, Vaseline around the edges so that it stays hopefully um, uh, healthy and doesn't dry out and get crusty and all that and a whole bunch of other things. And man, you got to you gotta look into that. Yeah, there's a whole, wow. I'm like all my life, like we're doing, the, doing it the hard way and she just like so simply just got this joint looking great. So uh, yeah, look for that before you start on your next one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to check that out. I've been cutting the top off. Scooping out. Everybody has. Yeah. Since the 80s, man. It's been. <laughs> yeah. Evidently, I guess cutting the yeah. top off um, 
makes it like I, I I guess this this the stem has a lot to do with it staying healthy and avoiding the mold and avoiding drying out too quickly. So cutting the bottom helps it. I don't I don't know. I think yeah I I don't know the science behind it, man. I just okay. know the video was cool. Hell, she could have been lying the whole time. I don't know, but it went right, viral, wow. so I assume um, it resonated with people. Yeah, well, I only need it to stay fresh for a day now, so I'll, I'll probably be good either oh, way. That's true. But uh, that's true. I got some learning to do. I, I will uh, some some good homework for me coming out of today's episode. Thank you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I know I I assume that you very much look forward to decorating, getting ready for Halloween, so that you could get your mind off of what was a really devastating education education headline um, that's probably got you feeling real down in the dumps, which is the news that. Your boy, Kanye West's independent school, his little private school that he funded, um, abruptly shut down. They emailed all the parents like, yeah, uh, no more no, no more school. We're, we're done here. So those parents will be scrambling, I guess, to find another placement for their young people. Jeff, I know you are heavily impacted by that, being a, a big um, supporter of independent celebrity-run schools that make parents <laughs> sign NDAs and do who knows what, who knows where. So yeah, man, get your mind off of that. Focus on some Halloween stuff, maybe, and uh, keep your chin yeah. up, man. Keep your chin up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There are a few things in this world that I that I like less than rich people who have no <laughs> idea what they're doing trying to start schools, man. Uh, you know, it's one thing if you want to fund education in some way or whatever, I right. guess. But uh, but I'm like, bruh, you're like. It's morally unforgivable. Unless what was happening was so bad at the school that the school just needed to be shut down. Maybe that's the case. I, that I, is I very possible. That headline. <laughs> very uh, possible. So like, so, like, maybe that's a good look. But other than that, I'm like, dude, you're a billionaire. At least keep the school going to the end of the year so that people have a runway and a you know, transition period. Yeah. Like, you know, you know what happens when people have to switch schools in November. Yeah, October. Yeah. Like, there's not a seat at a lot of places that you might want to go. The years started, so you're behind on all the stuff that's happening. You know, you're disrupting social networks and peer relationships. Like, it's a it's a dick move, dude. Which which just adds to the long list of dick moves. Pardon my language here, folks. That uh, that your boy Kanye has been involved in. Uh, and so I used to give him a pass cause he's mentally ill and doesn't take his meds and like, you know, so I'm like, he's going to do crazy stuff and it's going to come across really shocking and inappropriate and offensive. And it's a manifestation of his illness. And so we shouldn't actually laugh at it. And, you know, we should be like, it's unfortunate this dude needs help. And, but now you also don't get to escape the consequences of your hateful, horrible actions. So I have now pivoted to like. He's not a great person when he's like this, and so we shouldn't elevate these these actions, these behaviors. We should we should just like talk about them as what they are, which is like really problematic and unfortunate. And even though he doesn't take his meds, and he should, and maybe he'd be better if he did, he has chosen not to, and he needs accountability for that too. So I have nothing good to say about Kanye West at this point. If he starts taking his meds and becomes better at some point, maybe we could have some sort of relationship to the extent that a fan and a celebrity can have a relationship but uh yeah i got i got i i am 100 percent done with kanye west forever yeah. in my mind so 
all of that. And also, I just love black people. Like, it just, when somebody becomes either um, heavily problematic or an embarrassment or whatever, that person then becomes your boy. Because I, I refer to Kanye, <laughs> your boy Kanye, and you just refer to him, your boy Kanye. Like, it just, that's, that's what happens. It's like, get your boy, get your boy. It's like, that, that is the sign. That is how you know uh, amongst black folks that somebody is, is messing up because they become that's your boy. Very true. It's your boy. Very true. Yeah. All right, Jeff. So this is passing period. Of course, we take time to look at news and headlines in the world of education uh, that may or may not have been part of our most recent full episode. And um, I suppose, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to ask you, I don't know if you've heard of this this concept, this this idea out there, epidemic really, um, called learning loss. Um, I saw some headlines, some news about learning loss. Uh, evidently, some more test scores came out this week and folks are talking about this learning loss loss jeff would you like to talk about that this week or or what's the deal what's the deal yeah well uh we did get a drop of uh of probably some of the most interesting standardized test data that exists in the country which is the nape scores came out on monday i believe uh and of course the uh, conclusion that was to be drawn, that everyone knew was coming and, of course, came, uh, is that uh, the learning loss has happened. The sky is falling. The kids are dumb. Uh, the, uh, the kids are dumb because the dumb teachers, dumb yeah, and lazy, lazy teachers. teachers lazy teachers. Lazy. Yes, woke teachers. Thank you. Yeah. It's important we get both dumb, undeserving, and lazy, like all of that in one sentence, because that's what we have to keep beating into everyone's mind about educators. Uh, you know, that the schools have failed, uh, the kids are behind, and it's a crisis of democracy, a crisis of capitalism, a crisis of freedom, a crisis of whatever other things you want to put in there, and uh, the children are broken, the schools are broken. Broke. We should probably just close them all, like Kanye's school, and uh, start over with private schools run by churches and maybe the military, Manuel. That, I think that's what I took from this week. Solved um, it. So <laughs> solved it. Hashtag solved it, yes. So, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if we have much more to say right now about this um, flawed, very problematic, um, just wrong notion of learning loss and trying to catch students up and you know, trying to catch them up to what, to who, like this is a, a global pandemic. It's impacted everybody and we are trying to, trying to heal from it. And there's no catching up necessarily to do so much as there is helping young people um, get right after this pandemic in the sense of, of what all of the supports that they need. And of course, um, things will, things will work out educationally long-term, probably in terms of, you know, quote unquote, catching up. But I do also want to point out that in these NAEP scores, and I dug deep into the data, Jeff, I just pulled out, pulled out all the data analysis and statistical, all that, that I remember learning in grad school. And what was missing, what I found missing was, um, something that some data that I collected from my class, this week, actually, we had a little tournament bracket for best candy. Um, well, I found it online. Uh, I think ABC7 put it out. It was a little bracket, a um, little show off between all the different types of, of, of candy. And long story short, long story short, my students this year landed on Reese's Peanut Butter Cups as being the top 
the top of the top candy in that particular tournament, in that candy bracket. And I did not see anywhere in the NAEP data this brilliance, this brilliance that these young people exhibit when selecting candy because, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the superior candy. I am a completely unbiased uh, addict of <laughs> Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And that's the sort of data that's uh. missing from this learning loss conversation. Just a reminder that standardized test scores um, do not measure all the brilliance and resilience and genius and dopeness of our young people. So that'll be that on that, I think, for that learning loss conversation, at least for this for this weekend. I, I think changing gears for a moment. Uh, do you all remember a week or two ago how Manuel was talking about his wife had to hide the reasons being about a cup to Look, man. <laughs> so his unbiased opinion uh, must be seen in light of that breaking news uh, right there. Uh, I will also say the the children have shown great wisdom in the selection of Reese's peanut butter cups but they're not 100% correct, and I don't expect them to be as, as the youth, because as an adult with a car who can drive to whatever grocery store he wants to drive to, I will say it's not exactly the Reese's peanut butter cup that is the top candy. It is actually the Trader Joe's dark chocolate mini peanut butter cup that is the greatest manifestation of the peanut butter cup candies. That's my am, final final answer on that. I am not even there. mad at you. I am not even mad at you. Um, there's a particular so those are those are phenomenal. AOTA family, feel free ship those <laughs> ship those to my school. I'll take them. Um, but th those are phenomenal. Trader Joe's also has this this almond butter cup that is. Oh yes, oh, man. Yes, so yes. good. Okay, here's how deep what you just said is, Manuel. I used to on my on my weekly trips to Trader Joe's get the little packet of the mini dark chocolate peanut butter cups. Yeah. And I was like, I think this is like, it's like too much unhealthiness for me. So now I get the almond butter <laughs> cups because it's just yep. like two two cups. You know, it's like a little treat and I'm good. And I'm like, I don't oh, need you this. Oh, you can stop yourself at whole, two? That is gold. Well, that's why I got it, man. Oh, I can't man. stop myself. This is why I get just the <laughs> one pack of the... So I'm like, all right, I'll eat the pack and then I'm done and I don't have to have it in the house anymore, man. So um, ladies and gentlemen, this has nothing to do with education, but we're uh, here we are. Welcome to, welcome to our world of... Uh, buttercup addiction problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of, um, of the various types of buttercups. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, you don't have to send us these these buttercups. We will take them. But <laughs> but we do encourage you to send us your comments and your feedback uh, about the show. And I just want to take a moment before we get to today's the, the main story, the main story for today's past period. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to um, one of the original, original fans of all of the above. And that's our um, well school librarian, Helen Moses, who is um, retired now. And she sent us a little comment um, based on a conversation that we we're having about teachers and teacher pay and salary and all that. And I just want to read a bit. Um, she wrote, quote, AOTA has pointed out the inequities for teachers. When I was on the governor's commission on youth in the 1960s, we discussed how teachers did not even have tenure. So we're being shipped from one district to another. As long as people think this is a quote unquote female occupation, we will 
have a second income attitude towards teaching. School districts also need to change their treatment of teachers. They need to value those teachers who embrace learners learning. So shout out to Helen for continuing to listen to all the above and be part of these dope conversations, even in retirement. And I hope retirement is going absolutely fantastic for you. So yeah, folks, you can send us peanut butter cups or you can send us comments and feedback about the show. We'll take both. We'll take both. And uh, also do remember to leave those five-star reviews and all that good stuff. So Jeff... All right, down to business now, down to business. What is, uh, what's our, our, our actual story today uh, related to the world of education? What we got? All right, man, well, today we got a story that is um, shocking and yet also like not even a little bit shocking, okay? Uh, but also kind of cool because there's some good actions being taken. So, all right, this story comes to us uh, out of The Guardian. Uh, written by Sally Wheel. I hope I'm saying that correctly. We always get, you know, these fantastic reporters from around the world doing interesting reporting on education. And I've, I just feel a sense of guilt because I don't know who, how to pronounce all their names. So Sally, shout out to you. Thanks for writing the piece in The Guardian. She's the education uh, correspondent um, at The Guardian. Um, and this piece was entitled Schools in Great Britain Warned Not to Ban Minority Pupils' Hairstyles. So, uh, and it has a lovely picture, I have to say. It is uh, lovely. These, yeah, these, what we see the faces of two girls, two black girls. In the background, there's like maybe three or four what appear to be Muslim girls wearing hijabs. And then in the blurry foreground of these four students holding a globe up. Okay, what an amazing, yeah. I don't know if this was just like stock photography, but what an amazing picture relating to school this is. Um, what appears to be on the left, a black or brown child, and then on the right, like maybe a, a lighter skinned, like Asian child or something. This is like a beautiful picture of diversity and these young people holding up the globe, okay? Like, yeah. Pulitzer Prize for whoever took that picture. Um, okay. All that to say, the, the article is highlighting the fact that um, the sort of equity watchdog group within uh, Great Britain, which is the Equality and Human Rights Commission, um, had to issue this warning to the, their nation's school systems um, because there's apparently been a number of instances or like threatening to be instances of school systems um, creating policies that would penalize or exclude pupils for wearing their hair in natural natural styles, in particular in afros or various manifestations of afros, as well as braids, cornrows, um, and, and plates. Okay, now, um, I, you know, huh, where do we begin with this, Manuel? Like, on the one hand, I'm like, of course, it's Great Britain. It's like the like the OGs of racism. Okay, like we think yeah. we invented the stuff here in America. Like, nah, yo, we're definitely we're we're like the young bucks new to the game. Okay, like Britain, Portugal, Spain, like they they've been in this game for a minute. All right, so. Yeah, of course, it's coming from them. And also, like, haven't they had longer to learn from their mistakes than we have? Like, shouldn't they have figured this out a little while ago already? Um, but we have seen this in the United States as well, not to cast stones in a glass house here. OK, we here in California uh, were the first state to pass the Crown Act 
which is a law that uh, came onto the books a few years ago, 2019, I believe. Crown, an acronym standing for Create a Respectful and Open Workplace for Natural Hair Act, um, which affects workplace policy and education policy here in the state of California. And subsequently, there are uh, several states, New York, New Jersey, uh, New York City itself, Washington, Maryland, Nevada, Virginia, and Colorado um, that have passed similar laws. Um, Illinois has also passed a similar law um, that basically says, like, you can't have dumb policies on the books, racist, ridiculous policies on the books that, that makes people's natural hair punishable or some type of, uh, you know, workplace or school you know, dress code policy offense. We all remember a few years ago, the viral video of the wrestler, I believe in New Jersey, who the ref yeah. made him cut off, um, you know, his dreads, uh, you know, like a ridiculous, you know, looking like a fool now with his half chopped off hair uh, in order to finish competing in uh, in their match, in the match that he was engaged in. So like we, we have seen really, really, just horrible manifestations of this and the UK you know we're not alone the UK was also seeing it as well and so I'm glad that the uh what's the name of the agency the Equality and Human Rights Commission there uh <laughs> recognized that girls and boys with afro textured hair or hairstyles were being disproportionately affected by discrimination and warned that it could have serious and long-lasting consequences for them and their families and also, I'm like, really? It's 2022, man. Like, we're are we still doing this here? Like, we're still telling people there. Like, why do you care what <laughs> what people's yeah. hair looks like on that? If it's dirty and smells, or you know, if it's something like that, maybe that's to be addressed in some way. But that's really like a need. Like, are they homeless? Do they have you know access to proper hygiene and stuff like that? That's that's that conversation. If you got an afro, yeah. if you got a mohawk, if you got dreads, if you got what you know, whatever the your hair is, why do these people care? Like what 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 in the racist nonsense is like is preoccupying these people mind with plain old black hair? I don't understand, Manuel. Well, Jeff, you can't expect the the creators, the founders of colonial beauty standards to just walk away from their colonial beauty standards um, swiftly, swiftly. It's been quite a long time, um, to your point. But yeah, it's it's upholding these colonial uh, beauty standards, these colonial um, demands on what a person is supposed to look like and what counts as quote-unquote professional. And I hate to break it to you, Jeff, that beautiful photo that you described with this very multicultural classroom holding up a globe, Certainly, since we're talking about Britain here, certainly this is part of some lesson plan where the, the young people are are looking at the globe the same way the British Empire did and just salivating at all this land, all this territory, all these peoples that can be colonized because they, they their eyes on the globe very much resemble um, the eyes of the British Empire when the sun was not setting on the British Empire. So yeah, it's quite ridiculous that here we are in 2022 still having still having um discussions about this like the crown act uh to your point like california was the first and that was not 
uncontroversial. Like there was plenty of folks making fun of it, plenty of folks saying like, oh, this is, see, this is why California sucks because instead of focusing on this and that, whatever, they're talking about hair. What's so hard about just getting your hair right for work or workplace? An employer should have the right to uphold whatever standards they want. And it's like, no, man, this ain't a game. And this isn't just about hair. It's, it's not about hairstyles. It's not about that. It's about command and control and who has power and who does not. It, that's what it comes down to. And in this case, I'm glad this watchdog is like, look, man, we got to stop treating kids like this because um, for one, it, it has nothing to do with learning. Secondly, it has absolutely nothing uh, to do with with safety, with achievement, with anything on the school campus. It's simply trying to demand something just for the sake of being demanding and being the authority and being the oppressive figure. And it's there's just no place for it, especially now, 2022. And of course, this is not um, simply and not just only um, in reference to um, what the article calls or what they reference as Afro-textured hair. Um, we know this problem spans all kinds of cultures. And we had a guest on our show a while back, Dr. Uh, Valeria Big Eagle, who was uh, one, a little bit of what she shared in her work with uh, indigenous, indigenous youngsters in, in South Dakota was just how many teachers there are inappropriately touching their hair and inappropriately commenting on the hair, um, boys' hair for uh, for being long, um, something that's sacred in her culture and teachers time and again touching their hair or saying they need to cut their hair, this, that, whatever. I remember seeing a viral video of an indigenous pilot who finally got his pilot's whatever they call it, I don't know, certification, whatever, um, for American Airlines. And unfortunately, he had to cut his hair. Um, and there's a whole sacred ceremony for cutting his hair because he could not be a pilot for American Airlines and have his 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 long hair, despite it being a very, very important aspect of his culture. So yeah, this is still a problem. It should not be a problem. And especially young people, especially young people, they should be able to go to, to school and feel that they are fully affirmed and fully accepted and fully loved period and they should not ever have to deal with teachers or classmates making remarks about them because of their cultural hairstyles or their type of hair it's just um it's, it's there's no place for it now and again it, you know, a lot of, especially public schools in, in the U.S., I, I don't know how many public schools out there still have like um, any kind of enforcement about the type of hairstyle that a young person Wears, of course, Jeff. You referenced that that uh, wrestler who was in a competition, and the ref made him cut his hair. But still, there's comments. Still, there's uh, you know teachers who who might make a comment about a kid's hair um, and how it looks, and the teacher may or might may not know that they are creating an environment. Um, some will call it microaggressions, but creating an environment in which that young person now is feeling like they are being looked at differently uh, because of their culture, because of their race. And we need to make sure that's not happening. So it's not just about what's hap what the policies are on paper. It's also about how the adults in the in the schoolhouse are actually treating and actually talking to young people and what remarks they might be making. So all of that, but Jeff, but, 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 but all that, all that stuff's important, but also critically important. Something I learned from this article, shout out to the guardian, shout out to um, the author whose name I, like you said, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Sarah wheel. Um, but I learned from this article that there is such a thing as world Afro Day. I did not know that. The article mentions um, mentions a person, Michelle De Leon, who's founder and CEO of World Afro Day. And I had to Google that because I'm like, World Afro Day? I've never heard of that. Uh, September 15th. September 15th, people. A celebration of Afro-like hairstyles. I 
think that might be one of my favorite holidays now. I did not know it existed, <laughs> but Word. next September 15th, I'm picking out my hair. I'm rocking my natural afro because that is a super dope holiday right there. So, yeah. 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 I, I love it. I, of course, keep my hair very short. I've had you do. the same hairstyle for like Now, nah, you got to grow it out for a World Afro Day, man. Next year, man, it. I'm going to tell you. Man, I, nah, I haven't man. had an afro since, uh, since college. I think uh, my junior year of college, I had the fro out. Um, and then I just well, you have like, until I, September. You have until September to get ready for the holiday season, Jim. <laughs> September fifteenth. Thank you, thank you. I uh, don't know that I will be participating personally in World Afro Day, but I will be in spirit uh, <laughs> supporting World Afro Day, which I agree Here is like you know, hey, we got like dumb holidays in this country, you know commemorating war and conquest and stuff like how about we just swap one of them out for world afro day <laughs> yeah we'll have off september about. 15th and we'll all just celebrate you know and, and get a free pick with the fist you know like <laughs> hey there we go there we go <laughs> be great uh yeah so, so yeah. i i would say you know on the one hand manuel to get back to our our story here Shout out to the powers that be in the UK that are checking schools with these terrible policies that are, you know, uh, I know it's not technically criminalizing, but sort of statutorily criminalizing, um, you know, black people, black young people for being themselves and coming, having the audacity to come to school with hair not having to be processed into what white people are comfortable with. So, um, you know. Props, props to them for this move. This is uh, a good thing. And on the one hand, come on, man, it's 2022. We still got to fight this fight? Like, really? Can we yeah. all just not be stupid and, and criminalize people's natural hair anymore? Like, really? This, like, you, you, people should know how to do this without a federal agency having to tell them how to do it, uh, especially yeah, in a place part. like our a nation's public school system. So, yeah. Um, and I would also just like to add that since this story is focused on Great Britain and it's from The Guardian, um, I do think all of our listeners should head over to our you know ratings and reviews and leave a nice positive review and a five star. And thanks to me withholding the urge to share with y'all my really, really terrible British accent. So... Oh, we, I mean, the show's not over. No. Nah, we, we got uh, see, time. I love and appreciate our AOTA family, so I'm not going to hit them. I'm not going to hit them with the very bad, very bad, Come on, probably Manuel. stereotypical, give us, give us a, give problematic us a, Hello, governor. Give, give us see, a something uh, right off the bat, man. Now, I do have... <laughs> see, that, that's pretty much as far as my, my uh, British accent goes, and I don't know... What, what is governor? Is that just any boss? Is that like... Is that like synonymous with like big man or boss or or whatever? Because I, I never know, under, cause they don't have actual you. governors, right? No. Well, I think my sense is it comes from a certain era, like a late nineteenth century, early twentieth century era, where in that context it meant like sort of boss, supervisor, maybe landlord, okay, you know, like that that range of things. But also, I don't know, so I cut, I could have just made that up. But that's that's how I've understood the term. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. All right. Well, yeah. So anyways, again, folks, uh, positive reviews for me not harming your ears or ruining your weekend with a very terrible British accent. So so there is that. Um, 
Jeff, man, what else we got before we get out of here? Anything else? Any uh, other happenings that we need to discuss? You know, I, I think I just want to say, man, well, happy Halloween uh, to all those who will be celebrating um, on Monday. I think it's one of those holidays that is unique and I appreciate it in the sense that it brings out a sense of play uh, in all in people of all ages. And we don't we don't yeah. have a lot of like national celebrations of like play and creativity. And so even though, it, yes, it's spooky and there's like a certain darkness to it all. Um what I love about it is like the, the, the sort of tapping into the inner creativity and play and child and imagination in, in many people. So for those who celebrate it, have a great time. And I hope you have lots of fun with it. Um, also, of course, the following day, Dia de los Muertos is happening. So to all who celebrate um, that, I hope I don't actually know what the like greeting is for Dia de los Muertos. Now that I think about it, am I just like forgetting something obvious there? But uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I hope that people who do celebrate, I hope, you know, the altars are looking great. I hope the, you know, commemoration of um, the ancestors and family and loved ones uh, brings peace and comfort uh, to all who celebrate. So yeah, for sure, for sure. All of that. Um, I did see a photo uh, making rounds on social media of a young child whose costume for Halloween is um, the custodian from Abbott Elementary. And it was just so cute seeing this little kid dressed up. Uh, that's one of my favorite. It's my second favorite character on Abbott Elementary. My favorite being the principal. I just find her hilarious. Hilarious. Um, so, yeah. And speaking of Monday, Halloween, um, Jeff, I actually will be... A guest at a neighboring district, a neighboring district has invited me to come talk to their teachers during their staff development day about uh, my work with the ethnic studies model curriculum and about the upcoming graduation requirement for ethnic studies and helping their teachers uh, and administrators understand the requirement and what it actually means and what uh, courses might be acceptable and what the model curriculum is and how one can utilize that to design their local uh, ethnic studies course. So I will be at a neighboring district on this Halloween um, on Monday doing that dopeness. So shout out to everybody out there across California who is gearing up for this um, ethnic studies graduation requirement, which is, I think, a huge achievement in the efforts to make sure that our curriculum is um, responsive to and reflective of and centering uh, those who have historically been marginalized across California, across the United States, for sure, and doing that dope work so they could have, uh, so students of, of California schools can have access to this, this sort of the sort of materials that I never got until I got to college. The stuff I thankfully eventually got in college that I was yearning for as a middle and high schooler in California, wondering why all the white faces uh, in my history books and where are my people at and what about other perspectives. So um, yeah, shout out to everybody doing that good stuff. And I think that's about it for this week's passing period. Um, we have a full episode next weekend discussing community schools and it will be a, a super dope episode with some super dope guests uh who we have had previously on all of the above who are going to share their work in wellness centers and community schooling and what that even means and what the importance of it is and how one could get started in tapping into community school models for their local schools so you definitely don't want to miss that make sure you like and subscribe and all that good stuff if you haven't done that already all right any last word jeff no, sir. I think, I think we've said what we need to say. Uh, you know, 
Keep those froze flowing, people. Keep them flowing. Boom. That part. Hell yeah. All right, folks. Enjoy your week. We'll see you next week with a full episode of All of the Above. But this year has been passing period, and it's time for you to go ahead and get to class.